0: called Judgmental. And in this new series, we're going to be speaking about um, several different things that I think that are really, really important in our lives. Um, we're going to be speaking, for some of you, you're going to be hearing this message and you're going to be thinking, yeah, you know, I feel judged. I feel judged all the time. People who, who um, look at me and judge me as soon as they see me. And then there are others who uh, who are going to be here. And, you know, it's tough to look at judgmental in the mirror, but that, that's where you are. And so we're, we're really going to get into this. And I'm going to ask that God would really help us. So I'm going to pray for us. I'll ask you to pray with me and uh, we'll get right to work. Okay. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for, uh, all that you're doing in and through our lives. Lord, our people here, some who, uh, with their families, and just as upset and as argumentative as they could be, and now they're just trying not to let it show, only to reoccur what happened this morning, this afternoon. Father, don't let it be. And Father, I know that there are others here who are desperate and, and in pain, others who just acted out in sin, and who are deeply hurt by it. Father, I pray that you would touch every mind, every life, every heart remind us oh god that there is a that there is a jesus to run to that the tomb is empty that there's a story to tell that our god is great and he is the one to run to father remind us that you forgive and that you strengthen that you draw closer to yourself and remind us that you are god and we are not help us to take refuge in you for we do pray jesus name amen amen um it's a funny thing when we talk about judging right when we talk about judging others or being judgmental uh some of us fall in our hearts and in our minds in one side or another some of us uh some of us are in the category of being on the stand or on the dock and this is the seat that you sit in. And this is just an uncomfortable seat. You feel like everybody's eyes are on you. You feel like everybody's focusing on you. You, you wonder uh, if anybody even cares. It, it seems like this is, this is where the intensity of being judged is felt. The intensity of being judged is felt when you're being judged, not when you're doing the judging. The intensity of, being, uh, of judging is felt when you're sitting in the seat where others are examining you, others are looking at you, others, and you feel uh, you feel judged, you feel ridiculed, you feel misunderstood. It's a painful place to be. Sometimes our spouses can make us feel this way. We we sit here and our <coughs> our spouses just say things that just uh, we just. We just feel hurt by their examination. We feel hurt by, their, uh, um, by the way they look at us and the way they think about us and the way, what they say about us. Sometimes it's the very people at church. In fact, isn't it true that some of you just left church because you felt like everybody was so critical and everybody judged you and nobody understood you and that you weren't, you weren't listened to or heard And so you came from a a, a, you, you came into church looking for asylum. You came to church looking for hope. You came to, and what you found was judgment and ridicule. And I tell you, church folks have elevated this this thing of judging to an art form. I mean, it is it is impressive of how easy it is to judge others and not examine yourself. But this is the position that you're in, and. Nobody, nobody wants to be in this position. When we're in this position, we feel totally isolated and alone. Well, there's another group of you who you wouldn't say this about yourself, but you sit here. And, and you wouldn't call it judging. You wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't say that you've uh, made a judgment call on anybody. You'd say you're just formulating an opinion. You're just being—if we can use a biblical language—you're just being discerning. You're just—you're just using uh, your mind, and what you discover is—is is that even when, no matter how you paint it, no matter how you think about it, this is the place where you sit. Now, there's some of you right now who are saying, "Wait, wait, 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 wait up." I really do love the person that's sitting in that seat and I want I can see that they're going in the wrong direction I can see that they're gonna hurt themselves I can see that bad things are gonna happen in their lives what am I supposed to do am I not supposed to formulate a position am I not supposed to have an opinion am I not supposed to question am I not supposed to ask or help am I just gonna let them go to this painful place where I know that they're going to be? Listen, formulating opinion, and we're going to talk more about this. But the problem is, is that when we sit and judge in the biblical sense, and the Bible speaks about judgment, and we're going to find this out in just a few minutes. When the Bible talks about judging others, it talks about condemning them, putting them. Now, again, I, I have this conversation, especially with young people. Whenever you say, and it, it's just, and, and, and it's not just young people. That's not true. It's, it's people of all ages. Here's what they say. When you try to point something out to someone, what's the response? Don't don't judge me. It's like, it's like the knee-jerk response. You can't, you're no better than me. Why are you judging me? And then the person sitting in this seat says, no, 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 I'm not judging you. I just see something destructive in your life. No, 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 you're judging me. Now, here's the thing, though. When you feel judged, and you're in this seat, and you feel like someone is formulating an opinion about you, isn't it true that you just run farther away from that person? I mean, have you ever in your whole life had someone judge you and said, you know what, I just feel great. I think I want to be just like you. Like, you, you just that, that's not your story, right? Your story is not that when you were judged, you felt good about it, you felt confident about it, this is a good thing, I love this, thank you, honey, thank you, son, thank you, pop, thank you, mom, I love this, I love being judged. I want to sit here, this is great. That's not you. What usually happens is when we feel judged, we repel ourselves from other people. And if you're sitting in this seat, you go, well, doesn't the Bible say, don't judge anyone? I mean, doesn't even Jesus say, don't judge anyone? And if you're sitting in this seat, the, um, it's true because we're going to look at that very verse that, where, where the Bible says, um, don't judge. But if you end there, if you stop there, there will be a deep truth that you will miss out on. Some of us use this term. Don't judge me as a defense tactic to just simply stay stuck in our sin. And if you do that, you will never listen and you will never learn. But if you're on this side, and again, we're speaking to two different kinds of people. By the way, if you're here for the first time and you're new, I'm so grateful that you're here today. I am so glad that you're here. But here's what you, we're going to do. We're going to have a four-week series on this. And you're not going to have all of your questions answered. Uh, usually, it's like when we do series, it's like chapters in a book or like, you know, um, scenes in a movie. You have like this first scene, and then you have the you know, second scene, and the third scene, and the last scene, right? And so uh, if you leave today, you'll, you'll have left at the very beginning of the movie. And so I encourage you to make plans. Come back next week, and we're going to talk more about this. But here's the deal. For some of us who are sitting in this seat, what we don't understand when we sit in this seat is that we can be so offensive and so discouraging that nobody wants to hear what we have to say. In fact, isn't it true that some of us, and and, you know, some of our judgments are harmless. Isn't it true that some of your judgments are just harmless? Like, it's like, you know, hey, um, you know, you see a person dressed in a particular way and you say, wow, uh, I'm not sure, you know, spandex looks really good on a 50-year-old woman. Um, uh, or, <laughs> or you might say, you know, you might judge somebody and say, Just, it's harmless. Wow, that person can't dance at all. You know, something like that. You know, and th- th- that's harmless. And that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about those other judgments. And sometimes when you sit in this seat and you Critically, critically look at other people. Listen to me, wives. Listen to me. This is in some homes. There's a theme song, and, and, and the theme song, it, it, it's it sounds, it sounds like this. That, that, that as soon as you walk home, this is your theme song, right? And you sit in this chair. As soon as you walk in the door, you know it's on. You know that they're being uh, uh, looked at. You know that you're going to have to answer 20 questions, and you're—this is the defendant, husband who was late 20 minutes. Uh, this is the defendant, wife who did not cook dinner. You know, and you feel that. Like you walk into the room, and it's, and it's funny in church sitting in your seat, but not funny at home, is it? Woo, doggy. it. Not fun at all. And you you have your gavel and you pronounce your judgment and here's what you need to know. If you sit in this seat, here's what you're going to know. You're driving that person away from you. Here's what you need to know. That person that you're judging, the person who's sitting on the dock, they're not drawing closer to you. They're drawing farther away from you. And if you're sitting in this seat, hopefully, hopefully by the end of this service, you'll have noticed that there are a few people who have and you felt like they were judging you, but they, they were just trying to love you and help you to avoid some really painful places and situations. And hopefully by the end of this sermon, you'll be willing to at least hear them before you shut them down. you've been hurt by judgmental Christians, if you've been um, in church where you felt criticized, judged, like as soon as you walked in, you weren't wearing the right clothes and you weren't saying the right words and you weren't doing the right things, If, if that's the way you feel on behalf of church leadership, on behalf of pastors, on behalf of church folk who made you feel that way, I just want to say I'm so sorry for the pain that you went through. I'm, I'm sorry for the representation of Christ you received from us. And I just want to just apologize from the bottom of my heart and ask you to please, and I don't have any right to ask this, but I'll ask it anyway. Ask you to please open your heart to what Jesus would have to speak to your life and open it so that you might be able to see that God does want to address certain things in your life, but he doesn't. I want you all to open your Bible to um, Matthew chapter 7. And as you get to Matthew chapter 7, let me tell you why this is important. This will destroy marriages. If we continue to be increasingly critical, increasingly judgmental, we will destroy our marriages. We'll destroy our relationships with our children. The friendships that we have won't last long. If we continue to be judgmental and critical, we will cause a chasm between those that we love and us. We will find ourselves alone. Jesus has a lot to say about this. And, and we're going to dive into God's word, and we're really going to try to read this slowly and carefully. But it's incredibly powerful, and it's going to set up the rest of this series. So Jesus comes in on the scene. And as usual, Jesus, when he, when he touches on a he, he's an equal opportunity defender. He just touches on everybody on this. And the first thing he says, the first three words in verse 1 is this. Do not judge. Now, look at me. Listen, if if that was all that we had on this issue, then you are all justified when you say, don't judge me, don't look at me that way, don't say those things about me, don't correct me, don't, you know, if, if that was all, that, then we could just spend this, the rest of it, it wouldn't even be a series, we, well, it could be a series, but we would just spend this time talking about, okay, ways to judge people, uh, uh, ways not to judge people, ways to avoid judging others, how to refrain from, that, that thing in you, that's in you. Isn't it true that you constantly, even those of you who feel like innocent and you never judge anybody, isn't it true that you're constantly forming opinions about others, about how they raise their kids, about how they dress, about how they act at work, about their work ethic, about how they speak, about what they should and should not be doing, about their ability to dance or not dance. You make a judgment every day multiple times a day and unless we check out and unless we see so jesus says do not judge and if he that's all he said we would talk about well how do we avoid this this thing in our heads that constantly says i need to formulate an opinion i need to i I need to be able to critically think about this issue jesus says do not judge then he says something pretty scary or you too will be judged. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you, a way you judge others, you will be judged. Now look up at me. What is Jesus saying? Is he saying that God's going to judge us? Or is he saying that others Is he saying that the same way you judge others, that means others are going to judge you? Or the same way you judge others, then God is going to judge you? Is that what Jesus is saying? And at this point, Jesus doesn't We don't know. God could be others. We don't know. We're we're, we're not going to speak into that because Jesus doesn't speak into that. But he says this. He says, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will judge judged and with the measure you use it will be measured to you see when when we judge others there are there are things that God is saying you don't understand you don't have listen listen to what the Bible is saying when you're judging others it's going to give us a clue when you start to judge others, I want you, Jesus says, I want you to think about how you want to be judged. So let's think about that. How do you want to be judged? Isn't it true that you want to be judged mercifully? When I'm judged, I want you, you know what I want to I want you to consider everything in my life, my background, my history. I want you to gather all the facts. I want you, when you make a judgment on me, when you say, wow, that pastor is immature, or when you say, gosh, that guy doesn't really judge, I want you to consider everything. When you, say, when you make a judgment on me about, wow, he's really, you know, uh, uh, um, self-centered, or he's this, or he's that, I want you to consider everything. I want you to go back to when I was five years old, and my parents left me an apartment, and didn't come back until uh, six months later. And, uh, and, you know, at five years old, at six months, you know, six months for a five-year-old must last like 15 years. They told me to go into a room and, and to uh, go into a room to find a truck, and they left, and they left, not for five minutes, not for six days, for six months, I thought that, and so because of that, I was completely insecure and never, ever felt secure, felt always abandoned, and then my father, by the time I was 11, left the house which coincidentally was the reason why I started to pick up drugs at such an early age and watch pornography, and then I I, I did that for a while, and it wasn't enough, and so I started to get into all these other things, and my mother was in and out of the hospital, and so I always had to fend for myself, and so when you judge me, I want you to consider all of that. When you see me freak out in the supermarket, I want you to go back to when I was five years old and the abandonment issues and the things, I want you to consider, isn't that the way you want to be judged? When you're judged, don't you want everybody, don't just take this little snippet. You oh, know, pastor yelled at his kids, or our oh, God doesn't know how to treat his wife, or, boy, oh, he was kind of harsh, and, you know, gee, she was really, you know. I, I, Isn't it true that when you're judged, you just go, no, 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 don't you understand? If you just had all the information, you would understand. That's what Jesus is saying. That when we judge others, Listen, listen to the words of Jesus. For in, the same, uh, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I want you to consider everything. When, I, when you judge me, listen, when you judge me, when you judge my relationship with my family, when you judge my relationship with my brother or my sister, I want you to go back to five years. I want you to take in all the information. I want you to talk And Jesus says, if you're going to judge others, you're going to have to do the same thing. You're going to have to do the same thing. Then Jesus is speaking to the judge. And he says this, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? In other words, why are you looking? Why is that grabbing your attention? When someone does something that you see is wrong, and someone does something that's painful, someone, it was, why is that grabbing your attention? What is it that's making that stand out to you? Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Jesus is using Hebrew humor to get his point across. I mean, it's hysterical. When Jesus is saying this, I'm pretty sure like the disciples are like, "Oh my God, plank, oh, sawdust! I got this." It's like knee slapping funny, right? It's like this, right? It's like you're walking around, right? And you're going like this. Oh wow, dude, you got you got a sawdust in your eye. Dude, take care of that, man. That's embarrassing. What are you doing? Look at that sawdust in your eye. Can you believe that guy? Look at the sawdust that he has in his eye. It's disgusting. Dude, you're just an embarrassment. You call yourself a Christian? And when we start laughing, it starts to become kind of tragic, doesn't it? Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention To the plank in your own eye. In other words, Jesus is using Jesus is saying this. Jesus is saying that there are things. Listen, and, and so you go like this, right? So you're listening to this verse, and if you're if you're tracking with Jesus, there's a speck of dust in your brother's eye, in your sister's eye, in your daughter's eye. There is, it's there. And so you go, You see? It's there. They are living badly. They are living poorly. And Jesus goes, You're absolutely right. But why are you looking? At the speck of dust in their eye and not this incredibly bulging, huge, vast sin, plank he calls it, in your own eye. In other words, Jesus is using a word picture. And listen, there's a sin in their lives, in their life, but why do you go past your own sin? see why is it that you you can isn't it true that when we sin there's tons of excuses for it i have great reasons you don't understand i can i can rationalize just about anything and when we sin we want everybody to understand but when others sin against us or when others sin around us you know well the reason i yelled was because I had a tough day at work and then all the pressures and the traffic was really bad. And you should understand that. And the reason that you yelled is because you're a sinner and going to hell. Why are you looking at the sawdust in your brother's eye when there's this huge, gaping plank? You're walking around with it and you're going. You have a sawdust in your eye, and I walk around pointing it out. Isn't it true? What do you say to me? Isn't that the pot calling the kettle? Can you even hear what I have to say? Let me ask you. Can you put the plank on your eye? You think I can hear a word you're saying? Or do you drive me deeper into my own justification? big piece of wood. How can you say, verse 4, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your eye? In other words, how can you say, let me help you with your sin, let me address your sin, let me address those things that are harming you. You're, just, you're hurting yourself, you're going in the wrong direction. How can you do that, Jesus says. Giving us, Jesus is not saying, don't ever judge, don't ever address anything. And we're going to find that out in just a couple of seconds as we read the next verse. Jesus doesn't say that. What he's saying is that there's something more important here. Why? What is it in you? Let me ask you something. When you see, what is it that's getting you so riled up about that other person? What is it that's exciting you? What is it that's go- working so much emotion in your heart? What is it about their sin that's kicking up your stuff? What is it about their sin that's making you so emotional? Because Jesus says that that there is an incredible power to that. He says really strong word and he's speaking to everybody in the room. You ready? You. And in this, listen to me, and in this context, in this context, a hypocrite is simply a person who has a sin in their life that they refuse to address. A hypocrite is not a person, let me tell you what a hypocrite is not. A hypocrite is not a person who, you know, who tries to live for Jesus and then just doesn't do it all the time. Like, you know, like we fail. Am I the only one who blows it from time to time, right? Is there anybody else here who blows it from time to time? Sure, sure. So we're not talking about, that's not a hypocrite. A hypocrite is not a person who loves Jesus, is trying to pursue Jesus, and then, oh, gosh, you know, let, let that argument fly, let that curse word fly. That's not a hypocrite. A hypocrite is the cat who won't even look at his sin or will say, well, I said I'm sorry. Isn't that enough? I'm just trying to, like, sweep stuff on him. to look at their own defects, their own sin, their own wounds, but is very, very eager to look at everyone else's, or your sons, or your daughters, or your wife, or your husband, or your brother, or those people at church. Isn't it true? Listen, some of you who are sitting here, and I'm so grateful for you, but isn't it true that some of you shut me off just a few minutes ago? Why? Because you're judging me. (laughs) And I'm glad that you're in this series. We all make opinions. We all formulate ideas. We all form. Listen to me. Jesus is saying, what is it about them that's causing this reaction in you? Have you ever been with your wife? And you're just like really emotional. And she believes the same way you believe. And she loves the same way you love. And she thinks the same way you think. And she's like, she doesn't care? Jesus is saying, what is inside of you that gets that kind of reaction? Why is it that one person who loves the same way, who believes the same things, can react in a calm fashion, and you're just worked up? What is it? Jesus says, you hypocrite. And then he gives us at least three steps us to be able to, to be able to help others examine their own lives. He says, you hypocrite. First, let me ask you something. If I say, hey, I I want you to do something. Here's what I want you to do. First, and then I go, do you assume after that that there's going to be a second? Right. That's the only reason anybody says first. Isn't that true? So first, the first thing Jesus would have us do, if we're going to address the sin in other people's lives, if we're going to, in fact, be the kind of people who don't repel people but draw them closer to ourselves, listen, first, take the plank out of your own eye. That's step one. In fact, we're going to, we're going to put it this way. In your notes, there's three uh, lines there. Everybody have your sermon map? That's where the scripture is, and that's where all the stuff. Take that out. Really just take that out. It's inside your bulletin, right? First, Jesus says, take the plank out of your own eye. You know what he's saying? Look in the mirror. What is it about you that's causing all of that emotion? Look in the mirror. Why are you so jacked up? On them. Why are you so worked up? Look in the mirror. Just look, let's look in the mirror. Let's see. Because God is saying, God is saying, that thing that you see in them is something that God sees in you. And that you see it in them, and honestly, the way you see it in them, it's a, it's a speck of sawdust. The way God sees it in you, it's a log. It's a speck Tree. It's a big, honking, piece of lumber. You see, oh, oh, look at that. Yeah, God sees it through and through in your life, and he sees it much bigger. What is it? Listen, listen. What is it? This is worth taking a couple of seconds in a sermon and just kind of pausing. See, why? Why am I getting so emotional? Why is it that whenever my kids go two degrees off of following Christ, do I get so emotionally worked up over that? God says, deal with that. Why is it that my wife can do a hundred things that are wonderful? And she does one thing that's not not great. And I I could speak about those 100 things for 15 minutes. I could speak about that one thing for four hours. Why? What is it? What is it in me? What is it in me that when I look in the mirror, that when I look at you, it's in me? Listen, listen. If we don't get this right... listen it's the reason they can't hear you when you speak it's the reason that when you try to listen imagine and i'm really i'm sure uh, this is for me man this is not for you imagine your teenage kid anybody remember the commercial about the uh, father who storms into the room i wish we would have had that commercial remember the father that storms into the room He has the bag in his hand. He says, you know, it's like the bag of weed or something like that. And he goes, where'd you get this? And the kid tries to explain. He goes, where'd you learn to do this? And the kid tries to explain. He goes, how could you do this? And the kid tries to explain. He goes, you dirty ride. And the kid tries to explain. And he finally gets fed up. And the kid screams out, I learned it from you. I learned it from watching you. see all of that in me? I'm sorry, I just can't see past the piece of lumber in your eye. And perhaps they're, they're moving farther away from you because of it. Wives, listen to me. got the scripture, and you got the biblical principles, and you got it all backed up, and you can turn from verse to verse, and they should, and he should, and if he did, and what would this family, and just, you know, and you're doing that, and and you're, and your husband is just looking at you going, oh, I'm just like, I couldn't see, I, I couldn't see past the lumber, I'm sorry, what was that again? First thing, first things first. First, look in the mirror. What is it inside of you? What is it that God is trying to point? And here's a clue. Whenever you see anything in anyone you don't like, there is something inside of you that God doesn't like. That Let me tell you something. This will revolutionize your life. In fact, if we practice this as a church, we won't have enough seats. If we practice this as a church, there won't be, let me tell you something. We won't. We will not be. Able, we won't be able to beat people away. If we practice this as a church, we could transform the way this community thinks about Christians. Listen, husband, if you practice this, there's no telling the kind of spouse you would have. Wife, father, son, daughter. If you practice this, what is it inside of you? that God wants to point out but you're staying busy looking at someone else tough question but that's the first thing we have to do first take the plank out of your own eye and secondly here's what i want you to do ask In other words, now you recognize you've been looking in the mirror and you see it. And now you recognize oof, this is a sin in my... You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm accusing my wife of being critical and judgmental, but I'm critical and judgmental. Lord, deal with my criticalness and judgmentalness. And there's... And you know, and, 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 and you know I'm really, really angry that my, my wife Told a lie, but I'm regularly telling lies. You know, I just wish my mother understood me, but I don't take five seconds to try to understand my mother. I just wish my husband would speak nicer to me, but I don't even desire to treat him kindly. First, you look in the mirror, then you ask, Jesus, Jesus, will you deal with this sin? I see it now. There's a sin in me that you want to address. And it needs to be addressed. And that if it remains unaddressed, it will destroy me in this relationship. Jesus, will you address the sin in my heart? See, this is the critical step. You can't, listen, what the world needs now, what the church needs now, more than anything else, is not know-it-alls. They need wounded healers, wounded healers who had been hurt and who had been addressed. Listen, let me tell you something. A perfect example of this was um, uh, maybe a week or two ago. I'm bad with dates and times, but some- not 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 long ago. Uh, I-, I was in my office, and you know, uh, Gus, who dearly came up to me and said, you "No, know, Edwin," and he started to share with me his story relationship with his parents, and he just, you know, shared with me some of his struggles, and he shared with me some of his, you know, some of the things that he he had gone through with his mother and his, you know, and then he said, you know what, I I think that there is some stuff that you need to address with your mom, with your father, there's some things that you need to, you need to look at, now, do you think Do you think that at that point, after him sharing that, after he had looked in the mirror, after he had asked God to help him with his sin, do you think that I turned around and said, you know what, the lumber, oh wait, there is no lumber, he addressed the lumber, you know what I was left with, my sin, it didn't draw me farther away from him, it drew me to him, it didn't make me repel from him, it made me want your family needs most is not somebody to be right. They need a wounded healer. Would your husband Church needs most are wounded healers. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck. Aha! So there is sin in their life. Yeah. Jesus is saying, I'm not, I didn't say that there wasn't. Listen. Then you will see clearly. Is there sin? Of course there is. Is, are they going in the wrong direction? Sure they are. Are they going to hurt themselves and hurt others? Yes. Then what do you want me to do, God? First, I want you to look in the mirror. But wait, they're the ones who need the help. I know, God says. But So what is it that you want me to do? Look in the mirror. But how can I address them? Listen, don't you want to touch their lives? Don't you want to from making some of the worst decisions of their lives? Of course I do. But they won't be able to hear my message if they're looking at your plank. First, look in the mirror. Secondly, ask God to deal with my sin. Third, this is where it's beautiful. Now, help them with their speck. Do you see what it says here? And then you will see clearly. In other words, before, you were driven by emotions that you didn't understand. Before, you were driven by forces that you didn't comprehend. Before, it was just, oh, I can't take it anymore. That's it. You're just. And now you can see clearly. Why? Because you dropped the lumber. You lost the log. You let down the tree. You've addressed. Then you will see clearly to do what? To remove the speck. Aha! So we can judge and we can't. No, no, no. Listen, first, look in the mirror. Second, ask God to deal with my sin. Third, then I can help them. Now, listen, listen, this is very important. Because some of you have been listening to this entire sermon and you're like, yeah. And, you know, there's young people here. Uh, who are thinking to themselves or saying to themselves, yeah, I hope dad is listening to this. I hope mom is listening to this. I don't want you to judge me anymore, right? right? And then there's husbands here who are going, yeah, I hope my wife is listening to this. And, and wives who are saying, yeah, I hope my husband is listening to this. Listen to me. Listen. Now I'm talking to you. address their own sin, Ask, look in the mirror and ask God to, to address their own sin? Could it be maybe that you need to change? That God is using these people to come to your life to address a sin in your heart? Could it be that Jesus loves you so much and you're going, yeah, but they scream and they say it this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, listen, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. And I know that they're, they're just a little bit emotional. And I wish that we could all do this perfectly. listen, I, I did this with a, a person that I loved deeply. was going off in the deep end. And you know how, like, have you ever watched a movie where you found yourself yelling at the screen? Don't go through that door! Don't go through that door! Don't go there! Just go! There, get the keys, get in the car, and run away. Don't go through that door. Like, have you ever done that, Ryan? Okay. I've been there. A lot. With many of you. <laughs> and. And and sometimes, let me tell you something. Sometimes my presentation is horrible. I'll be the first to tell you that. Sometimes I I understand. Like, for instance, my kids, I do this most with my kids, right? If I see see my son looking at anything other than an Amish girl, I freak out. is Is anybody else with me? If my daughter, you know, talks about a guy at all, I freak out. Right? And so, like, you know, I understand what it is. Listen, I've exposed myself to really disgusting images and terrible things. Uh, because of that, it hurt me deeply. Because of that, it affected my relationship with my wife. Because of that, we, we still have struggles today. I created struggles today and ideas and thoughts and images. And I, and I don't want them to go through that. Listen, listen, listen. And some of you are sitting in this chair and going, yeah, but they're so nasty. And they're, yeah, but they're so... And, and their presentation is all off. Let, let me just submit to you that maybe you just need to listen. Maybe maybe the messenger is not so hot, but the message is life transforming. Let me... Here's my suggestion to you. Humble yourself. That maybe dad isn't completely an idiot. Maybe mom isn't completely clueless. Maybe wife isn't totally out of her mind. Maybe husband isn't being completely critical. I mean, there's there's traces of that in there, in what they're saying. And they're, yeah, you know... Bitter, and you will justify your sin and hurt yourself deeper. And God is saying, I don't want that for you. I got a better idea. If you see someone who's going in the wrong direction, you can do this. Look in the mirror. Ask God to address your sin. Here's what you don't do. You don't say, well, I'm not going to tell them how to live their lives. Love never does that. Only fools do that. I can't tell you how many funeral sites I've stood beside with people who just refuse to address the sin in someone that they love's life. And you know what the first thing that they say? I wish I would have. I wish I did. I wish I could have. Why didn't I, when I had a chance to say, I remember this one person, and she was going off the deep end. I mean, she, listen, not like any of you women over here, but she would usually find a man and make him God. No no one here, like none of you guys do that stuff. But um, she would make him God. And she hurt herself. And there was an opportunity, and I saw it coming. And so as soon as it started, there's going to come a point. There's going to be a V in the road. There's going to be a fork in the road. And you're going to choose either. You listen, you're going to either worship Jesus or you're going to worship the boy. And you know she just worshiped the boy. I sent her. As I was doing the sermon, I, remind, I remembered her. I just, oh, gosh. So I sent her a letter. See, said, I've been praying for you. And just, the Lord put you on my heart. Those of you who see someone and you have a judgment, you need to first look in the mirror, ask God to address your sin. And for those of you who are finding people coming up to you, you need to humble yourself and be willing to change, asking Jesus. Now, listen. This is the first of this series, and this sets up the rest of our talks. We're going to be talking about this for three more weeks. You. Next week, we're going to have a wonderful opportunity to see what the Bible says about judging in a particular uh, um, uh, instance or circumstance. So I encourage you to keep coming back. I encourage you, invite a friend. Lastly, one of the really cool things that we just did, right? Does anybody hear iTunes? Like, do you ever go, like, on podcasts or iTunes? Does anybody do that at all? Anybody, like, have an iPod or an MP3 player or anything like that? Okay. Well, for you guys, what we've done we're giving our sermons away. You can podcast now. And so you can just go on iTunes and go to NBT Sermons, NBT Church. You can go on NBT Church. That means you, you call up your iTunes. You can download iTunes for free. And so literally, you can, you can send it to a friend. And, and there are people that you know that need to hear this. And so you could send it to a friend. Secondly, I would ask that there's a, at the end of your sermon map, there's always an email address. It's NBT Pastor Edwin. I'm sure you know that's me. And so I encourage you, please, you know, um, I encourage you to uh, give me an email. Write your story. Tell me your story. Tell me what God is doing in your life. Share with me how this impacted you or how, what, you know, or if you have a question or anything like that. That's fine. I look forward to hearing from you. More than anything else, I pray that you would ask Jesus to come into your heart and ask Jesus to save you because we all need saving from our sins and that you would ask Jesus to help you in this issue of being judgmental pray with me Father you know how critical I can be and how easy it is for me to judge Help me, Lord, to walk with Matthew 7-5 in my mind. You hypocrite. Take the plank out of your, your eye first. First take the plank out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to take the plank out of your brother's eye. Or oh, the speck out of your brother's eye. Remind me to walk with that verse all my days. And that when I feel a critical, judgmental spirit, Lord... It doesn't mean that you don't want to address their sin. What it does mean is that you want to first address mine. Father, help me. Help me to be a lover of my wife, a father, to my children. Help me to be a good pastor to this church, walking in holiness and brokenness. In all things, Lord, keep me humble so that when I address others, they don't feel judged. They feel loved. Share this with me in love and in brokenness. Lord, help us towards each other, towards our family, towards our neighbors, towards our coworkers. And Lord, that tomorrow when we get to the work and we see uh, the person who's not working and our first knee-jerk reaction is to call them lazy and to curse them in our minds, would you help us to look at ourselves? Lord, when we go home, and we see that the dishes aren't done, and our first reaction is to get angry at our spouse, would you help us to look at us first? Father, when we see our kids going in the wrong direction, would you help first help us to look at our lives? When our friends don't meet our expectations, Lord, would you help us to first look at our own lives? Father, would you help us to be broken before you? Help us to seek your face. Help us to love you with all of our hearts. Father, I do thank you for all that you're doing in this church and through our lives. Help us, oh God, to walk with and learn and know what to do with what we just learned. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Hey, now that Gus is up here and he just yellow cards, listen, as Gus speaks, I